Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and today, delighted to be your host for the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Fuse. Fuse is the insurance marketing software that skyrockets retention, boosts policy per customer, and makes your clients love your agency without you having to hire more staff, hire programmers or technologists if you haven't done it lately. And if you haven't haven't actually seen the software, do yourself a favor. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo and find out why this is nationally recognized award-winning software. Do it today. Um, delighted to invite you to this podcast. This is a this is a really important conversation. My guest is Niji Saberwal. I hope I'm doing justice to your name, Niji. Uh, Niji is now the CEO of Agent Sync. More about that in a moment. Um, part of what makes this so fascinating is that um, Niji was the director, producer, licensing, and broker compliance with Zenefits. Now, some of you might remember some early Zenefits stories when a lot of people in the industry were frankly quite frightened of it and thought that this was a platform that was really trying to disrupt the, particularly on the benefit side of the business, the broker. And uh, in fact, um, you know, the stories are quite public. They ran into a very serious compliance problem themselves and they brought Niji in to clean it up. Um, lots of fines later and lots of um, attention to detail, lots of um uh, correcting uh, yeah, some massive compliance problems. Um, Zenefits came out of that um, with uh, really successfully with Niji's help. He then went on to become their senior director of broker services compliance, their head of sales strategy and operations, and now the co-founder and CEO of Agent Sync. Um, Agent Sync is, uh, for InsureTechs, just doing remarkably well. Um, my understanding, cash flow positive. <laughs> it's not often that agents, uh, th that insure techs can say that so quickly. Uh, $36 million in Series A, um, 61 employees, and most of this activity, frankly, was in 2020, the year of the pandemic. And so this is a company that's really getting uh, rapid, uh, rapid traction in the marketplace, and deservedly so. Why? Because they're solving a compliance problem that happens with agents of all sizes and in all channels, and many of them in the independent insurance agency channel. Um, Niji's, uh, besides this story, he shares um, a point of view, uh, which I think is a valuable one to bring into the industry, um, a, a, a an outs kind of an outsider's point of view, though he's really fully inside now. Um, it's a point of view that understands how technology 
uh, can solve problems and also how technology can be disruptive. Now, Niji is, uh, he, in his own words, he says, brokers aren't going anywhere. And he learned that at Zenefits. Uh, but he also sees a uh, a future that is significantly affected by technology and recognizes that while brokers aren't going anywhere, they will look different in the future than they do today and that that future is not that far away. Uh, he's predicting what he calls a second wave of InsureTech and explains in some detail in this conversation why. So, um other than that, I will, as always, uh, ask you if we've been of value to you and we have deserved a five-star review, uh, my infinite gratitude if you would give us one, and I really do mean that. I, I'm very grateful for that. Um, any thoughts about um, who you'd like me to interview, topics you want me to consider, you can email me at michael at michaeljans.com. And of course, uh, I encourage you to follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn and connect with me. Let's be buds. Uh, on LinkedIn, I have some, uh, I think some really leading edge new stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks. So if you're not connected, connect with me now. And um, with that, it is uh, my privilege to invite you to enjoy this conversation with Niji Saberwal. Niji, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this conversation, um, in part because, uh, well, you've got a um, a unique perspective on the industry uh, as a technologist and a an entrepreneur, um, a little bit of an outsider perspective, but now very deeply um, embedded in the industry. And of course, you've got a fascinating story that I want us to um, dig into a little bit. So, first of all, for our listeners, Niji. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Niji. I'm the co-founder and CEO of AgentSync, a insurance producer management and compliance platform for agencies, MGAs, and carriers. Um, so we actually started the company about two and a half years ago. I, I founded the company with my wife, actually, that um, I worked with uh, in a previous life. Uh, we both started our careers really at LinkedIn about just over 10 years ago, uh, since kind of parted ways and came together um, to start AgentSync. And uh, we started the company actually in San Francisco, have since uh, moved, really migrated right in the beginning of the pandemic um, to Denver to really grow the company from over the last 12 months, we grew from six to 60 uh, people, just over 60. And we've also raised uh, 36 million in outside capital or venture, uh, venture capital uh, over the last nine months. Uh, okay, so uh, from a startup point of view, DG, that's a rock and rolling year. Uh, in the pandemic, six to 60 people and raised, what did you say, $36 million? Is that what it was? Uh, so that's been quite a year. Congratulations to you. I can imagine it's been um, a, a little bit of a roller coaster and then throw the pandemic on top of that. I can imagine that's been uh, a roller coaster year for you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, to make matters even a little more complicated, we had a baby during that, yeah, during right. that period. <laughs> and uh, I, I met the baby online, and, and it's an adorable child. Um, so so I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this, and, and uh, we will clearly, we will get into 
Um, your perspective on how the industry is uh, changing, how technology is changing it, and how it's solving problems, and maybe to some extent how it's causing some problems. Uh, but your story is fascinating as well. You, uh, LinkedIn, Zenefits, and now this. is Do I have that sequence right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just okay. touch on the Zenefits story a little bit. Um, so I joined uh, Zenefits for, for those of you who uh, don't know the name and kind of get chills when you hear the name. Uh, Zenefits is a HR, payroll, and benefits platform uh, for the SMB. Joined the company back in 2014 to lead the sales strategy and operations team. We grew way too quickly and uh, really the wheels fell off the car for for lack of a better term. And we uh, ended up facing some very serious regulatory violations across every jurisdiction for specifically around producer licensing uh, issues. We grew too quickly and just didn't put the right controls, management, and, and systems in place. And so- uh, well, Look, DG, I do recall, I mean, you know, sometime within the last decade, uh, that Zenefits was um, a, a hated name in the insurance industry. <laughs> And brokers were just quite concerned on the on the benefit side of the business in particular, um, and maybe the comp side too. Uh, Zenefits um, struck cold fear in the hearts of many brokers. Um, what happened there? Yeah, so um, you know, I think a bunch of things really all at once. But the the root of the issue was growing too quickly, um, not and just not paying enough attention towards regulatory compliance. Um, we kind of thought ourselves more of a disruptive technology company than we did, uh, uh, you know, an insurance company within a set of uh, really just extreme regulation. I mean, insurance is one of the most highly regulated industries in the, uh, in, right. in the world. And we just mm -hmm. didn't put, we didn't take that seriously enough. Ah, okay. So, so you saw yourselves as disruptors. Um, may, maybe without without contemplating the consequences or or the rules of the game, is that kind of what happened? Absolutely, we yeah. we entered the industry in in um, I think the 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 absolute wrong way. So we instead of trying to you know enter in the industry to work uh, in conjunction with brokers, we set out to. Um, not replace them, but in a way kind of disparage the uh, the profession. And, and that, that was absolutely not the right way to do it. And um, Zenefits, you know, figured that out pretty quickly early on and completely changed their tune. But, um, you know, the damage had, had been done at that point. And uh, I was really tasked with leading the, the remediation remediation effort to work with state regulators and, and get back, back in their good graces and spent a ton of time specifically on uh, with, with state regulators to Proved to them we're a change company. We took um, uh, we took some internal actions to completely reformat the company, the way we work, the go to market. Um, ended up settling all the the violations over a 20 22 month period. Extremely painful. Um, right. Huge, lots of zeros in the the total fine amounts. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> we're able to um, to to cure those issues and, and settle violations across every jurisdiction. So, uh, so Niji, it sounds like your experience in um, resolving that issue is what introduced you and gave you expertise in agent licensing. Yeah, exactly. So, right? I was, okay. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I was really so thrown I, in. Yeah, go, uh -huh. go for it. <laughs> well, so I, I've got a question because you, you said something about, um, you know, the Zenefit story. 
where the company and presumably you changed your perspective on the role and the value of the broker. Absolutely. So, bro okay, you know, so broke. Yeah, go for it. Well, so well, so you know, if you go go back, uh, you know, let's go back twenty years when Bill Gates was largely declaring the disintermediation of all industries, and of course, the insurance industry thought that meant that somehow, someday, agent and brokers would go away, and uh, and Zenefits, to some extent, it seemed like in its early days, played along with that story. Uh, um, What's your perspective now? Um, I, you know, I, I know that you've said to me, or you know, in earlier conversations, they're here to stay. But uh, what, what do you, what do you, what's your sense of the future of the agent and broker in a world of constantly changing technology? Yeah, great question. So. You know, going into Zenefits, to be honest, I didn't have a ton of background or really knowledge about the insurance industry beyond, you know, uh, <laughs> my, my, my own policies. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, going into it, kind of uh, take, taking these learnings, you know, in uh, um, kind of an, a crazy accelerated way, um, realized very quickly that brokers are not going anywhere. They provide a ton of value to the industry. If you look at um premium sold last year, the majority of premium sold was by uh, insurance brokers in the US. And so I see a world, you know, 10 years, 20 years on the road where pieces of, uh, or I guess, types of policies are really straightforward, uh, cookie cutter type policies can be done 100% um, kind of online, uh, uh, circumventing the broker. But you know, brokers are not going anywhere. We bet our entire business on that fact. Um, we, you know, we wouldn't exist without the insurance broker. Okay, but you did throw in a little a clause into your sentence there that you could see that 10 or 20 years from now, um, s some of the products that are distributed through the industry uh, can be delivered online and uh, kind of in a self-serve fashion, the way people do banking. Correct, yeah. So okay. just to give an example um, of one that just comes to mind is uh, some types of travel insurance where you can basically opt in to pay, you know, $30 extra to get travel insurance on the next time, next time you book your flight. And you do that through the uh, United website um, in order to, you know, do the entire buying process for that policy. But, you know, if, um, if you're, if you're talking about, like, you know, benefits for uh, AgentSync, we, we talk to our broker and we, you know, we're not going to make a decision of that size uh, without talking to a broker that knows the market, knows really knows what we need because they spend time with other companies like us. Okay. So do you see some contraction of the role of the broker in product distribution in the future? Um, in some types, yes. In other types, no. If you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, some of these like non-standard non ENS, for example, is going to be really difficult to, to disrupt by technology. Um, but some, you know, some components, like I mentioned, the the travel insurance uh, example, and probably others that that uh, are not coming to mind right now. But I don't see, I don't see the the broker's role shrinking in a higher clip than it has in the last ten years. Got it. Okay. So, uh, so talk to us now. Uh, you've got, um, like I said, you've been kind of. Um, well, really, you've been playing in the insurance industry for, you know, if, throughout your entire Zenefits experience and now with Agent Sync. Um, but you probably, you know, your, your background, your training, your education is uh, primarily in technology, right? 
Yeah. So well, my education was in economics and then economics. Um, okay. got my feet wet in technology at, at LinkedIn. Got it. All right. So, um, so how do you see uh, the insurance world now? I mean, it, it's clearly, I mean, you, you've been involved in a disruptor or potential disruptor, and now you're uh, obviously actively involved in a uh, service provider uh, that uses technology uh, in the industry. Um, how do you see the industry changing? Yeah, so million dollar question. <laughs> um, take it really taking the experience that myself and uh, my co-founder and wife um, got in our previous gigs, really focused on building technology to serve really the back office for uh, for businesses or across the board. And we took that experience and kind of paired it with uh, this huge gap in the market for uh, good technology to support uh, the, really the relationship between the broker, the carrier, and all the compliance in between. So by combining those skill sets together, we were able to develop um, you know, really what we consider best-in-class solution for the industry to tackle this problem. And really looking around, we realized that there's... There, there are others like us that are focused on similar problems, but um, by and large, there's there there isn't there aren't many dominant players. Um, there aren't technology companies, you know, that have been around for I'd say more than five years that are not private equity owned and um, are you know what I would consider to be very modern technology. And so, uh, really, at the end of the day, um, I see. Uh, the, the industry changing by more adoption of using technology to solve uh, these back office bottlenecks. And it's going to eventually empower scaled innovation across this, this massive and, and fragmented industry. If you think about the, the number of underwriters, the number of agencies, independent agents, MJs out there, very fragmented. And there, there aren't a lot of steel threads that connect um, all those together. So there right. are, yeah, if you, and if you break it down even further, there's, um, let's see, coding, binding, um, commissions, you know, prospecting kind of front end, licensing, carrier appointments, carrier contracting, underwriting, submissions, um, claims. There, there's a ton of these underlying components that are extremely painful and, uh, and nobody's really kind of come forth with, a, with any sort of solution that can do most of these things for you. But there are a bunch of insure techs out there working on these bespoke um, issues, right? And you think kind of five years from now, we're going to see a ton of these uh, these insure techs land those issues and commoditize them in a way. So, you know, the way that AgentSync is commoditizing uh, insurance broker data and that kind of onboarding compliance component. Um, there's companies like Noyo who uh, put an API layer on top of member processing, uh, Trust Layer who uh, really is automating the E&O verification step. Um, Finvera, who is uh, building a really compelling identity tool for brokers. So there, there are these, these insure techs that are working to commoditize these pieces. And what, what we'll see, I think, um, kind of looking down the road is uh, kind of large-scale innovation by tying these pieces together. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Um, well, one of the common... Oh, complaints, um, the com common difficulties and problems in the industry is exactly what you talked about, uh, fragmented technology, where uh, data doesn't talk to, um, you know, other data. Uh, do, you, do you see a, a resolution to that coming yeah, at some point in time? Absolutely. Yeah. I think they're, they're, 
it's very rare that you see a an industry leader that just kind of popped up and took off, especially in an industry like this. So I think it's going to be a, a slower and, and longer process um, to one, I think, catch up in a lot of ways uh, when it comes to to technology and really adoption of technology is key. There. You have the best technology in the world. Nobody wants to use it. It's completely useless. So there's both a, um, you know, the products and the technology need to be there and the, the demand for them also need to be there. And it, it needs to be you know, quote unquote, time uh, to make that change. And that time, mm -hmm. I think, is, is happening right now. There's a huge focus across the in industry on digital transformation and investing in kind of uh, issues and um, really innovation altogether. So we're going to see a lot more. It's happening right now, but we're going to see a lot more, I'd say, over the next five, 10 years. And then um, once you have enough of these 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 technology companies are focused on building these, solving one of those problems like, you know, compliance or underwriting or, um, you know, submissions. You have enough of those built. Um, you can, you can act, somebody else can come, you know, 10 years later and tie those all together to build something really cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Niji, now you, you work with um, carriers and um, agencies and, and brokers, right? Maybe MGAs yeah. uh, in general. Uh, yeah, I want to take this question in a couple of chunks. Um, how do you, and coming from a sophisticated technology background, how do you think the industry is doing in adopting um, your technology or technologies in general? And then the, the, my secondary question is, how do you think the agent force is doing? So first of all, the, the industry. Yeah, so I think the the industry overall um, is adopting technology at a at a pretty fast clip. If you you got to really break it down by um, you know the the big, well-funded, um, established players. Like if you know if you're working for a carrier that uh, you know is is bringing in billions in premium, uh, they're they're going to have the budget, they're going to have the resources, they're going to have uh, you know a tone from the top to say, hey. We need to we need to fix this stuff. Um, insure techs are going to come eat eat our lunch if we don't. So we're seeing those types of these um, budgets uh, kind of come to fruition. And th those guys they just have an advantage because they they have the budget to spend on this kind of stuff. And that's usually where the focus of kind of technology and, and innovation happens. It's where the budget is because technology you know these companies need to uh, to, to earn a li living. Mm -hmm. um, then we're starting to see more kind of uh, trickle down to mid-market and SMB type solutions that are, um, you know, purpose-built for those for those use cases, which which tend to be you know quite different. If you think about the enterprise versus a, um, you know, ten-person agency, their their needs are going to be quite different. And and so generally, the agency force. How do you see them in terms of adopting technology? Their their willingness to to embrace it, their willingness to bring it inside, their ability to master it internally. How, how do you think the agency force is doing now with technology? Yeah, so um, I mean, agencies are our biggest revenue driver, um, to, to be honest. And it, it, you know, we have customers between four uh, brokers of, uh, or, sorry, agencies who have four brokers versus um, agencies who have you know, tens of thousands. Right. And so we we play everywhere in between. Um, but what I was actually pleasantly surprised when we came to market originally we thought we were only going to be able to um, you know get traction early on from these larger either carriers mgas or larger agencies but we've seen um, a lot of demand and excitement in you know the 10 person uh, the 10 person shop where 
this stuff is incredibly painful and a lot is online. If you get hit with regulatory action, you're, um, you know, nobody wants to be there and you, you know, you don't have a lot of options. You have to hire a bunch of headcount to go solve it um, or just, just take the risk in a way. So, you know, across the board for solutions that take a ton of pain and, and de-risk your business, um, we've seen a lot more demand than we, than we originally thought. Um, you know, for this type of modern technology that, um, it, and that type of technology needs to, it needs to be able to adapt and evolve with your business. So if you buy a piece of technology, it's not going to be relevant once you get to, let's say, go from 10 to 15 brokers or, you know, change your CRM or something like that. Um, nobody wants to be in that spot. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of interest in, you know, these solutions that take away pain, de-risk, um, create efficiency and integrate and talk to other systems in a very seamless way. Got it. All right. So if you were uh, running an agency, okay, um, and, uh, and, and needed to make certain strategic decisions, like, you know, how, how do you navigate through this uh, changing world over the next 18 or 24 months? What do you think are the important things that an agent really, an agency leader needs to consider to be successful in the future? Yeah. So be open to a to uh, adopting new technologies and new innovation. I think that that's one of the big keys. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of great technology out there. And if you, if you take a moment, take a step back and really think about where are the big bottlenecks in your business? What is um, preventing growth? What is preventing um, you know, time to bind? Um, th those type of metrics. There's probably a piece of technology out there that that um, that is purpose built to solve that problem, and I think one of the big challenges is is extracting the signal from the noise there because there is um, some very red hot insure tech uh, kind of investment activity happening um, in the investor space. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so there there's there's a lot more than there were you know six months ago, and even way more than there were you know twelve months ago. So. It does take a little bit of effort, and you know, don't don't get uh, um, don't lose hope when you're talking after you've talked to you know three or four salespeople and it just wasn't the right fit. Um, but you know, do do some research, read reviews. Um, there 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 truly is great technology out there to solve most of the uh, underlying issues uh, around your business. If it's a problem for you, it's likely a problem for you know hundreds of thousands of people. All right, so. Um... Well, so you you said something interesting there um, about uh, oh the, the buying process. Okay, um, now I I my my sense is now I could probably interview a uh, an insure tech startup uh, like every week, and my calendar would be full for this <laughs> podcast series. And that wasn't my intent, but it's an important part of the industry right now. Um, but it's a it's a, a case in point. If uh, to the average agency owner, uh, th they are seeing a constant stream of shiny new things, and uh, there's a there's a lot of um, the tremendous amount of venture capital that's polishing those things up and making them shiny. And uh, and some can be distractions, and some can be genuine problem solvers. And so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question. I uh, tend to ask my guests who are in technology um, and, and I'll do it by telling a, a very short story. When I was the CEO of agency revolution, now, you know, let's say we go back, whatever, you know, we can go back 10 years or less on that for, for years, 
one of my challenges was refining, tweaking, remolding the our sales process, um, including everything. You know, the team, the composition of the team, the commissions, the base. I mean, you know, the the script, the the its integration with marketing, like tweak, tweak, tweak enough to like you're you're constantly on that issue. Um, and we, uh, you know, it clearly it got better and better and better over time so that we got, uh, we developed a really good sales process for that company, but we also recognized that our marketplace, the independent insurance agency really didn't have a great buying process for technology. Um, likely maybe bought one terrific piece of technology and agency management system and maybe hadn't changed it in 10 years. So, um, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna ask you to kind of address that problem. Um, so you're you've already stated that um, agency leaders they need to be attentive to technology, and yet probably still haven't developed a very sophisticated buying process. What would you say to them? How sh how should they select what technologies to use and which vendors to use? Yeah, that's a really great question. So, you know, I bought um, at Agency in my previous roles. I've uh, probably spent over, yeah, over, easily over a million dollars on on software. Yeah. And this process sucks. Nobody wants to do it. It's painful. <laughs> um, you know, as a salesperson, you know, I hate to say this, but nobody likes talking to salespeople. <laughs> so, if if you, you you have to really take a step back and be honest on what the requirements are, what it, what it is you're trying to solve, uh, break it down into, okay, it needs to check these boxes essentially. So creating that checklist. And then, um, you know, I would, I would have somebody that is, you know, competent enough to do this type of research, go out, do the research, select, you know, let's say the top three, or if it's a very saturated market, maybe the top five vendors out there, uh, looking at. In, in a category, right? It, let me pause you for a moment. I mean, first you got to pick the category. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, so, okay. So licensing, I mean, there, you know, we, we could, we could find a hundred different categories of problems that technology could solve and in insurance. Okay. So we yep. pick a category and then. Yeah. yeah. So from, from there, let's, yeah, let's take licensing as an example. So let's say either you're going too quickly um, and you you're just getting inundated by keeping up with licenses or you get hit with a regulatory action, you know, God forbid, and you got to figure this out quickly. Um, you know, I would have somebody do the first figure out exactly what, what it is you're trying to solve for. Are you looking for, um, let's say a, you know, real time integration to NIPR, just the source of truth for licensing? Are you looking at putting real time controls in? Or are you okay just doing an audit at the end of the day? Um, just being, you know, being very detailed about what those, what those buying steps are. Like, do you care about having visibility into the, you know, into all licenses in your entire channel, that kind of thing. And then making that list and having somebody go do the research to, to, to find a solution that best fits those needs. You, you might not be able to find a solution that fits every one of those needs, but is, is the closest match. Then, um, you know, reach out to the company, set up, um, set up basic demonstrations or uh, a lot of uh, vendors these days actually have recorded uh, demos or good assets on their website where you can, you can actually do really good research uh, on your own without having to, you know, go into a sales funnel. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, once once you've you know done those demos, you've done the research, you can stack those vendors against each other uh, really well, and have a very kind of data driven approach to which ones make the most sense. Then once you've selected say the top two, um, then you know usually pricing conversations come up, and you figure out um, how you're going to budget the thing, and um, you know, and then you hold the salesperson over over a barrel. <laughs> and negotiate. All right. And, 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 and then when you make the purchase, you still have to bring it into the agency and uh, engage with it and ultimately master it, which is a, that's a story in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I think that that's a really great point and a very important one not to hand wave over, um, you know, having the resources internally like having the, the know-how for someone to, to set it up or at least be, the point person on that project to, to help set it up. Mm-hmm. And then th- thinking through not just that's that bespoke piece of software that you want to buy today, but thinking through all your needs and how they're going to likely evolve over the next two to three years. And, you know, thinking about uh, connectivity as being a big, uh, you know, big pro or a big um, uh, value in the pro column. And, uh, a lot of systems these days actually talk to each other really well. Um, there, there are built-in connections for any sort of modern software these days, and yeah. there are you know platforms like Salesforce is a really great example that have connectivity and they have an ecosystem of uh, companies like AgentSync that that integrate. Not even integrate; they live within that same environment. So the more systems you can you can use that talk to each other really really well or are, are fully integrated, the better off you're going to be because. <laughs> once you get big, let's say you're 10 agent, uh, 10 brokers a day and you get to a hundred and let's say two years, um, or, <laughs> and you, and you have 10 pieces of bespoke, uh, software out there and none of them are talking yeah. to each other. You're, you're in a world of hurt. Ah, okay. Um, so, well, tell us how, how does agent sync solve the, a problem? What does it do for an agency? Um, so what, what, uh, sorry, say that one more time. What, what 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 does your company do for an agency? What does Agent Sync do? How does it, yeah, so, how does it work? Yeah, so Agent Sync uh, handles all of the the onboarding, the carrier contracting. Basically, you give the uh, we have a self serve portal uh, for the agent to log in once they're coming to you on on day one. Um, usually part of onboarding, they'll plug their national producer number in, which is a unique identifier in NIPR. NIPR is a national insurance uh, producer registry, basically source of truth for all insurance licensing and regulatory filings in the US. And then we will automatically verify their licenses. We'll basically onboard them, collect some uh, other personal details for license submissions like social security number, uh, background questions, education, that kind of thing. And then we'll store that information and then you assign them to a sales territory and the system will automatically figure out state by state what the requirements are um, and what types of licenses they need. Uh, the system will automatically submit them and then uh, basically return a ready to sell flag um, to the to the you know, compliance manager or whoever's running the system. Um, we come packaged with a you know, series of dashboards and reports to really have that bird's eye view across you know your entire agency and understand what what your license completion rate is on any given day through that real time integration at IPR. Got it. All right. Um, well. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I, w- I want to kind of jump back into um, oh, advice, uh, yeah, it, it, your insight. Okay, so given your experience, given um, the uh, you know kind of uh, tumult 
that the industry's in and some of the some of the uh, roller coaster that you've you've experienced in the industry uh, since you've been involved. Yeah, if you were going to deliver a non-commercial message to the leaders of the distribution force, to agency owners, um, what important message would you want them to pay attention to? Oh, I have so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll, 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 I'll pick the one that that I that I talk about probably for to anyone who will listen. Um, so you know, really, there are there is a second wave of uh, innovation happening in sure tech. I think we're we're in the midst of this this first wave. We're kind of on the tail end. Where um, if you look at you know what uh, what a lot of companies refer to as insure tech is actually just a you know, a brick and mortar agency who got a website and who digitized some of the forms. But there are, there's a lot to go and there's a lot of headroom with the technology available to actually drive uh, uh, changes of, of incredible, incredible magnitude across the business by leveraging all this modern technology that's out there. So a good example is uh, uh, Lemonade or Hippo Insurance. Well, I'll focus on Lemonade. Lemonade um, truly is, is, baked uh, technology into their product where they can run the vast majority of the uh, business operations, the sales, marketing uh, in a very automated way uh, using very modern technology. They have you know, AI driven uh, claims even. So they can operate a lot of the kind of the, I'd say the, the more uh, task oriented steps that, that, you know, plague most, most insurance companies and automate, uh, as much as possible and have humans involved where it makes sense. So, you know, almost this, this concept of like an, you know, an iron broker where there's people where you need them and then technology does all the rest of it to support them so that they're spending their time focused on, you know, strategic things, which is what humans are meant for, not, you know, filling out the same paperwork over and over again or copy and pasting from Excel form to a, a PDF. And so, yeah, there's, there. So, so yeah, uh, let, let, let me ask you to pause for pause for a second. How how would you describe the uh, the distinction between the first wave and the second wave? Yeah, so great, great question. I think there's um, there's a sense of having the front end be digitized and not really doing much in the back end. So having a um, you know a, quote, a quoting tool that is fully automated, um, having under uh, submissions to your underwriters fully automated. There's your your compliance and your know, licensing appointment process and contracting process in the back end that that's fully auto automated. So really thinking about what that entire system landscape is and having all the systems talk to each other in a very intelligent way, so that you only have humans involved where that where they need to be um, for the 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 operations of your business, and then really having a customer uh, centric and customer first approach to. The entire customer experience. I think Lemonade again is a great example of where, um, I, you know, I got a quote from them on my phone, and it was it was the easiest thing I've ever done in my life, and I was I was kind of like kind of fell off my chair. All right, got it. So, so um, that kind of co uh, connectivity, that kind of supportive technology, that allows technology to do everything that, uh, um, and, and uh, unless a human should do it, right? Um, the example you gave is, um, you know, kind of a, a vertical insurance carrier. Do you also see uh, that wave rushing into the um, agency part of the industry more? 
Uh, eventually, absolutely. I think obviously okay. the the budgets are you know going to be a little bit. Uh, the average agency is going to have a smaller budget than, than Lemonade has for sure. Right. Right. Um, but but over time, with you know more I guess wider adoption of technology, we're going to see uh, we're going to see platforms pop up that have that are tying all these pieces together. So let me give you an example. Um, Going back to my earlier comment on, you know, Agency is working on the kind of broker compliance problem and trying to commoditize that as a service. Um, a bunch of other insurtechs are working on these very specific problems. We're in, you know, in a very humble way, we're, we're each working on a very small and uh, acute kind of piece of this value chain. When you think about, you know, sales, marketing, prospecting, commissions, compliance, and all that. And so once you have enough of these insure tags, let's say there's, there's 10, you could break it into 10 different components. If each one solves um, and puts an API and really commoditizes their service, um, one day there's going to be somebody that comes along and uh, like an entrepreneur, an innovator that takes all of these pieces together and actually stitches them together using, you know, using the, the modern API layer that sits on top of them to build a all-encompassing platform that actually solves all these problems for you in a thorough and well thought through way where, you know, you have those 10 components that are just doing all the complexity in the background. And then don't think of what, what, what it is, uh, that broker desktop, what did it, what are all the activities, human activities that broker needs to do inputs. And then there'll be outputs, which is essentially binding a policy or whatever, whatever that outcome is. Um, but we are really far away from that today. If you really think about it, ah, so many of those components yeah. are, they're bespoke, they're all over the place, and there's not a lot of connectivity. Um, that is a big theme. You talk to any uh, kind of modern, new insurtech, say they're all going to have an API layer where you can get their data or their service through. Um, so once you have enough of those, you can get them to talk to each other, basically, you know, almost like an a la carte menu of, how how do you want all the systems or what, what systems and what support do you need for that platform? Sorry if that was a rant. All right. so, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, I, I think to some extent you're saying that the, um, oh, the role of agency leadership really, it will evolve uh, as the technology evolves because uh, a lot of the, a lot of the work of an agency will be performed or supported by technologies. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I think the the right. uh, the non-strategic activities are going to be um, automated in the background very soon, and I mean, in a lot of cases, they they are today. Got it. All right, Niji. Um, if uh, our listeners want to find out more about AgentSync, or they've got questions, or they want to reach out, how do you suggest they do that? Yeah, so um, would love for you guys to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, my, I'm not gonna <laughs> to read my last name, but my fir <laughs> first name is uh, N I J I, um, and it's Agent Sync A G E N T S Y N C. All right, right. You're not gonna ask him to spell Nietzsche Saberwall. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you, you you should buy every phonetic permutation of that name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So once again, the, the URL, the website for AgentSync is? Uh, AgentSync.io, not .com, .io. .io. Actually, .com will redirect. So either one. Okay. All right. Either one. But you, you're, you're there with the cool guys with IO. All right. Uh, well, Niji, it's been uh, delightful connecting with you. I really appreciate you sharing your insights and, and uh, wish you all the best. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Michael. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. 
If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.